All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as dailyfaceoff.com. Today is Friday, October 15th, and I welcome in Steve Greeley. What a newsy little Friday this is already. Yeah, the Boston Bruins keeping us busy. A lot of action around the league, so lots to talk about. Yeah, so let's drop the puck. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds on the cl- on the timer, and let's dig in to that new Charlie McAvoy extension with the Boston Bruins. Eight years, $76 million. That's a salary cap hit of $9.5 million. A lot of people have thought Charlie McAvoy has been an elite player for a while, but now, Steve, he's going to be paid like an elite defenseman in this league. Yeah, um, it is a great day for the Bruins. It is a great day for the McAvoy family. Uh, No surprise to me that this deal gets done. Uh, I think you are talking about a future captain of the Boston Bruins, uh, a guy that Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, certainly want around as long as possible. Uh, I know Charlie very well. I, I recruited him to BU, so I've known him since he was 15, 16 years old. A-plus character, A-plus player. Um, He is a beloved Bruin in the town. Um, You see him at the Red Sox games. You see him at charity events. Um, You know, it's the biggest contract in Bruins history, and and I can tell you I think this kid is worth every single penny, and it's a great day for the Bruins. It's a great day for the McAvoys. 
Yeah, so there were a lot of things, Steve, that helped set the table for this, including some of the big money extensions that were signed this offseason. Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, you saw the new deal for Kale McCarr. I think the one question mark that I have for Charlie McAvoy, and, and obviously he plays so well in his own end, but what does that offensive production look like? How high can those numbers climb in terms of a point total? I think that's sort of the one thing missing, and I think the people in the McAvoy camp would probably argue back and say, well, he, he's not nearly seeing as much power play time as he could, and if he gets that kind of opportunity that he could get there with those numbers. Is that the way you see it? That is the way I see it. And I do think there's more offense to come. I think, you know, the McAvoy camp talking about power play time and, and more offensive opportunities, they know it's going to come. And I think one of the reasons the Bruins are willing to pay this number is they also know it's going to come. Um, Charlie does have the ability to kind of drive the play offensively, gets the team out of the zone. And, and when the puck is on his stick in the offensive zone, he is a double threat in terms of a shot and pass. So I think the numbers are only going to grow. Is he a 60-point defenseman? That, that's probably about where you'll see. Um, but to me, I, I think the offense will be there, but he will never sacrifice his own end, and he will always be able to play against first-line centers. So he's going to control the game for a long time and certainly a guy that hasn't even sniffed his prime, which is an exciting thing. Yeah, so the Bruins by the best years of McAvoy. Nice little knowledge that you dropped there. You think future captain material. So everyone's looking there uh, at the McAvoy deal, and uh, it was filling my timeline immediately. So McAvoy gets nine and a half. What does this mean for Adam Fox? And it's the perfect segue, the perfect introduction for this new segment that we were always going to be debuting today, no matter what, <laughs> to talk about Fox. We're going to call you the negotiator. Having spent 12 years in an NHL front office, you have an idea of how these things work. So what are we looking at? What does this mean, the McAvoy deal for Adam Fox and what he gets next from New York being in the last year of his entry-level contract? Well, I think what today did was it, it validates that double-digit number that I see coming for Adam Fox. Um, Matt Cater's probably smiling today. Adam Fox is probably smiling today. And that's the funny thing about these contracts and when when players come up every time a comp signs you have new numbers to work off and you know if we think about adam fox and where it's going i, I think the rangers fans can rest assured and i think adam fox is in the same that this is a player that wants to be there for a long time he wants to probably sign an eight-year deal the rangers want him there for an eight-year deal um he is a player that's won a major trophy in the norris and that probably happened quicker than many of us thought it would, though he's got the skill and sense. He came out and did something I think only Bobby Orr has done, winning that Norris in the second year. So is there a hometown discount to be had for the New York Rangers? I, I mean, it's tough to say what a discount is when you get this high, but I, I think you're looking at a guy that's going to eventually sign an eight-year deal and get close to that $10 million mark. I think there's going to be a 10 in it, and the agent will ask for more. The Rangers will offer a little less, and – only time will tell, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath thinking that this announcement's coming tomorrow or the next day. They do take time and hey, he, he was named the best defenseman in the league last year. So on the Rangers, what's the rush? Maybe maybe there's a little drop, but at the end of the day, this is gonna be a large ticket and I do think it's a situation where both parties will be smiling when the deal is signed eventually. Well, and you can see here, I think what the McAvoy deal, as you alluded to, you know, does for Adam Fox, if the Rangers were looking more towards nine and a quarter million dollars, that 
you probably are now starting with the McAvoy deal and then working your way up from there um, as opposed to being a bit lower to start. So certainly some help there on the Fox side for Charlie McAvoy. So um, really interesting to follow and, and we'll be checking in throughout the season. That full analysis from Steve Greeley is on dailyfaceoff.com now. Uh, digging into what the next deal for Adam Fox looks like. We'll call you the negotiator, and I'm looking forward to that. So some other big news last night in Ottawa with Peter Morazic going down with an injury, uh, a groin injury, the team is calling it. He, of course, did not play in the third period. Uh, It seems like when you have an issue like that and a player hobbles off, it's probably not a day-to-day thing, more like a week-to-week thing, and we've seen their goaltenders in the last year or two really struggle at times with different injuries that they've had. How big a blow is this to the Maple Leafs? And is the goaltending, this is the real key question for me, is the goaltending something that people really haven't spent a lot of time talking about with this Leaf team in terms of uh, the impact on their standings? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough loss for sure. They were thinking Mrazek and Campbell ready to go here and you lose one on day two, two of the season not many teams in the league are prepared with a with a, a solid backup immediately a number three ready to go so it, it could be a tough loss depending on how he how long he's out i think the nice thing is is hutchinson's probably coming up he's played you know eight games for the least last year he has some other games and you gotta hope that he can get hot and play well for the team but n- no teams want to deal with injuries it is the nature of the business it happens it happens often but Happening this early in the season, you know, is frustrating. So hopefully for the Leafs and Mrazek, he's back soon. But it, but it is an early obstacle that you don't, you, you don't plan on. Yeah, and look, I guess I was kind of alluding to my own answer too, in that I don't think enough people were talking about uh, all the changes for the Leafs. You know, particularly in net. You know, now going with Jack Campbell uh, and giving him some runway, and then Mrazek was supposed to step in and play. A, Uh, a lot of the schedule as well. And so that's the one real question mark for me with this team. Yes, they can score like anyone, um, you know, like nobody's business really with the scores that they have. I think their defense is is in decent shape, but if the goaltending is not there, you can't win. And so uh, that to me, it just adds another question mark with this Mrazic injury moving forward for Toronto. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, uh, what a great night last night in Columbus honoring Matisse Kivlenix, the Columbus Blue Jackets raising a banner for Kivlenix, who of course passed away uh, so sadly this summer in a fireworks accident. And then they go out after putting his number 80 in the rafters, they go out and put up an eight spot on the Arizona Coyotes. Such a fitting final score, it feels like, at least in this case for the Columbus Blue Jackets on opening night? Yeah, I I thought the Blue Jackets organization did a tremendous job honoring Matisse last night. And, you know, that was a a hard night for the players, a hard night for the coaches, very emotional before the game, Um, you know, seeing his family out there. But I I thought they did a tremendous job. They they announced the uh, donation to the Kitties Kid, an initiative in Latvia that will provide equipment and clinics to young goalies. And, uh, very happy for Elvis getting getting the win last night. You know, I, I think that was as hard a game as he could have played emotionally. So great job by Columbus. You know, it's not a night you want to go through because you never want to have to face those tragedies. But 
I, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets last night went to went to plan, and I'm happy for all involved. Yeah, I mean, so many different touching tributes along the way since his untimely passing, including Elvis Mers Lincoln's, as you mentioned, uh, naming his newborn son, uh, the middle name uh, Matisse, uh, just all the different things that have come along here uh, since his passing, and just how how tough this has hit the Columbus Blue Jackets franchise in general. I mean, I don't know if you saw Manny Legacy's interview um, in Detroit during the preseason, uh, just touching on how much he meant to his family, um, Matisse, and, and you know, he had become like a son to him. And the fact that this had occurred on his uh, daughter's wedding day, there's just, you know, what a tough thing. It's something that you'll never get over. And so, um, you know, we're all sending our best wishes to the Blue Jackets, to the Kiv Lennox family, and to everyone involved, but uh, got to think one of those moments that he was smiling down on the Blue Jackets last night in their opener, putting up that eight spot so fitting. So now we're going to welcome in a new segment to the Daily Faceoff show, and that would be Ask Peelzy, bringing in former NHL referee Tim Peel of nearly 1,400 NHL games of experience. Tim, welcome to the program. Lots happening in the NHL already. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, so let's dive right in. And there was an incident that occurred uh, in Detroit last night with Dylan Larkin. He, The NHL Department of Player Safety has already announced that he will have a hearing today for roughing. Uh, what can we expect and what did you see on the play involving Dylan Larkin last night against Tampa? Yeah, it's unfortunate because Larkin, you know, he's an emotional player, but he usually doesn't react to that. He was bent over a little bit when Joseph hit him, and I, I don't think there is even a, a penalty on the play against the Tampa player. At the most, if you called anything, you would call two for boarding. But for Larkin to come back and basically, you know, sucker punch, uh, Joseph like that with his glove on, he, he seriously could have hurt him. And I, I no, no doubt think that he's going to get at least one game for this. It's, it's just not acceptable in our game. Tim, has Feels there been more of an, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Steve. Uh, I, I got one for you. Great. To, great to be here with you today. The, the Gabriel Landeskog hit, um, why would that have been called two minute boarding? You know, at the time time of the penalty, is it is it the speed of the game, the angle the refs had? You know, how how is that two minutes? You know, in the moment. If I had been refer refereeing that game, I would have called the exact same thing. Two minutes. It wasn't from behind. the 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 reason that Landeskog was suspended on that play, I I think, is take away that this is his fourth suspension in his career. Gabri Gabriel Landeskog by by no, uh, there's no question, he's the leader of that team. Nate McKinnon might be the best player on the team, but Landeskog is the leader. And I was listening to my good friend, Jamal Mayers. We actually coached together uh, here in St. Louis, and we're going to be in Chicago this weekend. And I listened to Jamal during that game, and he mentioned that Landeskog was on the hunt. Chicago had just, been, uh, had just scored. Landeskog, I, you can tell he was feeling that Colorado wasn't playing at the level that they should. And because he is the leader, he goes out there. He threw a hit on the four check. He whacked somebody. Then on the back check, he threw the check at uh, Kirby Doc. 
and and rightfully so he deserved to get suspended because doc was in a vulnerable position and i'm surprised he he wasn't hurt on the play so what is it specifically about the landis cog hit that makes it so dangerous obviously the the distance from the boards is part of it but is it did you see anything in in landis cog actually dropping down to deliver the hit and then sort of using his full force on the way up to drive the player into the boards that didn't help his case that didn't help his case but the, i think the defining factor was kirby doc had one knee on the ice and similar not similar but uh the the play with Kadri a few years ago in Boston when Kadri played for Toronto and was suspended when a player is in a vulnerable position like that you just can't finish your check the way that you normally would if he was standing up and able to protect himself okay so I want to go hop back to the Larkin incident quickly uh the Red Wings are not expecting any discipline because it was a punch with the glove on you think you're that he's going to be getting at least one game has there been specific attention paid in the department of player safety to these quote-unquote sucker punches as steven stamkos referred to it after the game no i don't think that that the the antennas are up with with that type of penalty uh with the referees or with with uh uh, uh player ops uh, that play really does not happen that often I remember a few years ago, I was working a playoff game in Boston when uh, Scott Walker sucker punched Aaron Ward. And that even, and he had his glove on and was suspended for quite a few games because of that. So because he has his glove off or on, I don't think is really the determining factor on whether a player gets suspended or not. That's good to know. Okay. And, uh, and lastly, it seems like already in the first few days of action, there's been specific attention paid, paid to uh, kicked goals or apparent kicked goals. Obviously, you saw it on opening night. Chandler Stevenson in Vegas. Uh, there was another uh, similar sequence in Ottawa against Toronto last right. night. And then, of course, uh, Seattle as well. Um, in Nashville, what what are you seeing there? What would you like to see in terms of the rule book and how it's called with regard with regard to kick goals? It's such a a tough uh, play to call, and I think player ops does a a I think the war room they do a good job at at determining whether there was a distinct kicking motion or not. We changed that rule. I think it was approximately ten years ago, and we we were waving off a lot of goals back then. I'm not sure if you remember, but we were waving off a lot of goals. And, and you know, this league, we're always looking at ways to increase scoring. And so we changed the rule that unless there was a distinct kicking motion, it's under rule 37.4, unless there's a distinct kicking motion, you can direct the puck into the net. And uh, I think, I think the, the three that I saw, the three that you just mentioned, I think they were all called correctly. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'd love to see the NHL go to something that the Western Hockey League has already done, which is you can kick the puck in. Uh, you know, that's all good. Another way to create offense, you know, provided that we're not swinging skates wildly around. These players are so creative, right. so talented. You see it in the two-touch games before the game. Uh, I'd love to see any way to add as many goals to the game as possible. That is Tim Peel. He is our NHL rules expert. Thanks for joining us, Tim. And if you want to ask Tim a question in the future, use our hashtag AskPeelzy. He'll be responding on Twitter. We'll have some stories on dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks, Tim. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks, PLZ. Yep, thanks, Tim. And so we're moving on next to our daily face-off inbox question of the day. And this is coming at us from California, Steve. What are we seeing? We see a five-point night from Anze Kopitar to open the season, a hat-trick as well. With the addition of Philip Deneau, is this sort of increased production what we can expect now that some weight has been taken off his shoulders? Yeah, I, I think it's very possible that we'll see Anze with some better numbers this year. And I think Deneau is potentially alleviating some of the matchups, both, you know, offensively and defensively. Kopitar is such a good player that he, you know, coaches will put him out against first line centers and, and try to have that great matchup. But maybe Deneau alleviates some of that and allows Anze to, to bring back some focus on the offensive side of the game. So, uh, I think that's why they went and got know is to help the team down the middle, and that will help Kopitar. And um, great start for them, great night for Anze, and that's a good way to you know, feel good about yourself as the year goes. Awesome. All right, well, let's get to our daily face-off best bet segment. We'll bring in Tyler Uremchuk for that, his daily specialty. And I couldn't help but think of you last night, Tyler, <laughs> seeing that eight spot put up by the Blue Jackets. That was one of your picks yesterday. You said you like Columbus is goaltending better than Arizona. You like their forward group. Could be the sign of things to come for what could be a pretty rocky start in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. And last night, out of the three bets I kind of gave, two of them hit. Somehow, Patrick Laine didn't factor in to the goal scoring in the Columbus game, but also the over in Florida-Pittsburgh managed to cash as well. So that was great. Actually, last night, seven of the nine games we saw had six or more combined goals. So the over, really hot early in the year around the NHL. And that's actually where I'm going for my uh, play tonight. Chicago, New Jersey, the Devils' favorite in this game at minus 130. But I like this one to go over the total. It is set at an even six. So I really think, like, worst case scenario here, you're getting a push, and a push is as good as a win, in my opinion. Uh, the over minus 125. The Hawks had six combined goals in their season opener, and the New Jersey Devils are playing their first game of the season. And I think we're going to see, you know, a pretty wide open game. It's also Bernier versus Lankinen between the pipes. So not Blackwood versus Fleury. So that played into my decision here to go with the over as well. And for the second game I like, I'm actually going to tomorrow night where we get the Jets in their second game of the year against the San Jose Sharks. I can't believe this one's a pick em. Honestly, I, I think the Jets should be more down at that minus 140, minus 150 range. I get that they lost game one against Anaheim, but I think that only increases their chances of coming out hungry in their second game. They're also getting Mark Scheifele back in the lineup for this one. And I believe Connor Hellebuck should be getting the start as well. Plenty of reasons to like the Jets at minus 110 on the road tomorrow night on, uh, on Saturday Night Hockey. The weekend daily double from Tyler. I love it. And like uh, yeah, I, like I mean, you know me, I already like the Jets as my Stanley Cup pick. So I'd imagine mm -hmm. that they find a way to bounce back after being embarrassed. And Mark Scheifele should be back. So uh, just another thing to watch for as we get into my favorite segment of the Daily Faceoff show. And that is garbage time with Steve Greeley today. Steve, what has caught your attention? What are you feeling passionate? What are you looking at from around the NHL? The floor is yours. Well, I'm very excited about Max Willman's NHL debut for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Max went to Williston Northampton Prep School, small school in Western Mass. He's played prior to that at Barnstable High School, an even smaller school, uh, a 2014 draft pick. And for all you young listeners out there and all you parents of young players, um, 
it just shows that it's a long road. And when someone like Max gets rewarded, I know Max, he's a great person. Four years at Brown University, a year at Boston University, games in the coast, games in the American League. And here he is seven years after he was drafted making his NHL debut. I think it's a great story for all the young players out there and all the guys that are still playing in the American League and coast who haven't had their chance yet. Happy for Max, great person, and you know, good things happen to good people. So let's see Max get an, an assist or you know, a goal in his NHL debut, and we'll all be smiling for him. Yeah, what a story that is. Anytime you can get a, a draft pick making his NHL debut seven years later, you know that the grind and the journey has been real. That is all the time that we have for today. Uh, I'm actually heading to that Flyers game tonight to see Max make his debut. I'll be joining Dan Murphy on the Sportsnet broadcast with the Vancouver Canucks. So looking forward to catching that action from in-game, in-arena NHL action. First time for me in a while. So on behalf of Steve Breedley and all the people behind the scenes, thanks for joining us on the Daily Faceoff show this week. It's been a fun and exciting opening week of the show, and we're looking forward to continuing to grow. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, analysis, and insight from around the National Hockey League. Our next show is on Monday. Bryce Salvador, the former NHL captain, is making his debut on our team, and we'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.